Thank you, praise team. Appreciate that so very much. Well, 2,000 years ago, a little over 2,000 years ago, one of the greatest days that ever took place on the planet Earth was the day when God visited the Earth. He came as a, a little babe born in a manger. The reason we celebrate Christmas is because Christmas is a, is a very unique time because a baby was born... And that baby was different than you and I. The baby was very special because in the blood of this little baby was the blood of God. You say, well, how can that be? Because it was God's infinite plan that that he would allow his seed to fall in the womb of a woman named Mary, a young woman, a young teenager. And the Bible says that God chose her because she was highly favored of the Lord. And God was pleased with her knowledge of the Bible. He was pleased with her devotion to God. And, and he was so pleased that he chose her to be the human vessel to bring forth his son into the world. Now, when man fell down into sin, we had a serious dilemma. There was a great gulf fixed between God and all the fall of humanity. God loved us so much that he wanted to build a bridge back to himself. He wanted to build a bridge out to you and I. The only way that this could happen is that God the Father had to devise a plan that he could pay for the penalty and the price of all of man's sin. Now, sin is something that God is so holy that he cannot look upon sin. He can't have anything to do with sin because he can't even allow it to be in his presence. But God in his infinite love decided that he would give up his son one of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God decided that he would allow his son to die on a cross. He allowed his son to to be sacrificed, and he knew that in the blood of Jesus Christ would be enough power, would be enough cleansing agent inside his blood that could wash away the sins of all humanity of past, present, and future. There's an old song that we sing, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can get rid of our sin except the blood of Christ. So God devised a plan, and that was he would place his son, the seed of his son, in the womb of a woman. And on Christmas morning, as we celebrate, Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ, and he was born. And that was the holy child. And it was a representation, a new representation for all of mankind. And Jesus lived out his life perfectly. But because Jesus lived a perfect life, it really rubbed against the grain of sinful man. Jesus pointed out our sinfulness. He preached messages about the kingdom of God. He even proved his deity that he was the son of God by opening the eyes of the blind and causing the deaf to hear again, causing the crippled to walk. Wherever he went, Jesus was a phenomenal. He was a miracle-working God, and it transformed every community. But his messages were so powerful as he preached and as he taught about the kingdom of God. Something different that man had never heard before. Jesus Christ presented a new way into the kingdom of God, and that was through his own blood. Well, he lived a perfect life, and 
And of course, the religious systems of the world were threatened by him, and he was so revolutionary that, that they decided that, that they became angry with his message, and they tried to come up with some way that they could shut him down. But because of the needs of man and because of the hunger in the heart of man, desiring to have a, a true, genuine relationship with God, not so much religion, that he paved a way, a salvation for every man. One of the most interesting stories in the book of John is a relationship that, that Jesus has with a man and his two sisters named Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. In fact, it's one of my most favorite books in the Bible, the book of John, because John goes to great lengths to give us insight of how Jesus loved Lazarus, how he loved Mary and Martha. When I go back and I read the scriptures, I find that, that, that Lazarus lived in a little farm town about 15 miles from Jerusalem. It was a very lazy, quiet, quaint little town. And, and Jesus liked to go to the house of Lazarus because they had the gift of hospitality. They knew who Jesus was. They knew he was the Messiah. They knew he was the Son of God. But there was something about this home that just made Jesus feel really welcome, and that is the fact that they knew how to honor him. They knew how to make him feel comfortable. I often ask myself, what would it be like if Jesus actually came to your house? What would you say to him? What would you cook for him? What would your conversation be like? Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were very comfortable with Jesus. They knew he was God. They knew he and understood that he was their creator. And Jesus enjoyed spending time there. And there they ministered to the needs of Jesus. He would become weary from making long trips. He'd become weary in doing missionary journeys and, and teaching everyone about the kingdom of God. And then healing people, helping people, lifting them out of them, lifting them out of their troubles and trials of life. He was a compassionate great God, constantly giving of himself. But in the home of Lazarus was a place where Jesus was replenished by these three people. Over here, to your left, would be the actual home of Lazarus, of what we depicted it could be. This was what you would call the house of Lazarus. And it was a very rustic, very small place. It was a place where Jesus felt very comfortable. They talked, they ate, they ate together. Jesus would sit on a stool. They were very good about washing his feet. That was something they did in their culture. And Mary and Martha would go to great lengths to cook a great meal every time he came. In fact, there's a story in the book of John that I think is really humorous where Martha was so caught up with serving Jesus that she got upset with Mary because Mary was the type of person when Jesus came to, to the house, she wasn't interested in making vittles for him. She wasn't interested in making him grits and eggs and biscuits. She was caught up in just sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning everything she could about God. But Martha, Martha was a servant. She was a worker. She wanted to show the Lord that she appreciated him by her acts of sacrificial work. And, and the Bible says that, that, that uh, Martha was in the kitchen and busy working and doing everything she could to make everything perfect for Jesus, as many of us would. 
And she look over, and there's Mary sitting on the floor, sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus would be teaching her about the kingdom of God. And with her mouth wide open and with her heart open, she would receive truths. But, but Martha was stuck with all the work. And so it is in our church. We have some that would rather just sit at the feet of Jesus, and then we have some that just carry the burden of all the work. But, but Martha got frustrated, and she looked over at Jesus, and she said, Jesus, do you care that Mary's there sitting at your feet, and I'm here doing all this work? Don't you care about the things that I'm cumbered about with? And Jesus looked at Martha, and she was busy cooking and preparing everything, and Jesus looked to her and said, you know what? You are cumbered about with so much, Martha. You care about the biscuits and the vittles and the bread, but I don't care about the food, and I don't care about the work. What I care about is that you care enough to listen to me. And he says, I'm not going to make Mary get up and help you because Mary has chosen the right thing, and that is to sit at my feet. Now, some people argue that that wasn't very nice of Mary at all. But Mary knew that she seized every opportunity that she could to spend time at the feet of Jesus. What a wonderful lesson that is. But John gives us a little insight of that situation that took place in the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Three, brother and two sisters. Well, it wasn't long. Jesus was out on one of his missionary journeys, and he was teaching by the hillside, and some of the men came up to him and said, Jesus, we have some bad news. Lazarus is sick. Your friend, your very good friend is very, very sick, and he is at the point of death, and we need you to come because, Lord, you've been healing everybody else, and you've been raising the dead and you've been healing the, uh, the sick and you've been opening the eyes of the blind and causing the deaf to hear and untying the string of the, of the mute. And God, you've done so many wonderful things. And, but Lord, now this is your friend Lazarus. He needs you. He's at the point of death. He's desperately sick. The Bible says that Jesus took his time. He didn't respond right away. In fact, Lazarus did die. And when Lazarus died, Mary and Martha were so perturbed and they couldn't understand why Jesus, who had claimed to be their very dear friend, didn't come when they thought he should come. And they really got kind of upset and deeply hurt that they thought their friendship meant more than that. But Jesus came four days later. By this time, Lazarus was already buried. And they came to the house of of Jesus came to the house of Lazarus, and as he approached the house, the Bible says that Mary ran out to meet him and said, Lord, Lord, where have you been? Had you had come earlier, he might not have died. And Jesus said, basically, where is the tomb that you've laid, Lazarus? And Mary said, come, I'll show you. Jesus went to the tomb of where Lazarus was laid, and of course, Mary and Martha were there, and a lot of friends were there with the family during this time of bereavement. And, and Jesus walked up to the tomb, and, and, and Jesus, with a great, mighty voice, the resurrection voice, he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. The crowd was shocked. 
when the stone was rolled away and out come this man wrapped in swaddling clothes and grave garments and and Jesus says free up this guy and they untied his death garments and and he was free to to walk out and he embraced Mary and Martha and there was a great excitement Jesus had just raised a dead man from the grave. Now this created a stir in the community. Word spread everywhere, and Lazarus was a pretty popular guy, well-loved in the community and different communities surrounding Jerusalem. And when they heard, and everyone knew he died, everyone knew he'd been buried for four days, and when Lazarus came out, and as a witness of the power of Jesus, were stunned by the fact that God rose him from the dead. This created such an uproar. This miracle of Jesus became so popular that word spread everywhere that Jesus Christ truly is the Messiah. He truly is the Son of God. This was one of the final miracles of Jesus. When the religious community heard about the great uproar, the whole world seemed to go running after Jesus. Truly, he is a man of virtue. Truly, he is a man of might and miracle. And the whole world came together. And the Bible says this in the book of John, that the Sanhedrin and the Jewish religious community became so upset that they were losing their crowd and losing their control, they decided that they would have Lazarus put to death as well as Jesus, and they would shut them both down. And it wasn't long in the back room, there was a plot of conspiracy And they worked this conspiracy down so Jesus Christ didn't become a victim as much as he was willingly to let himself go into the hands of sinners because he knew ultimately through the work of this deception and conspiracy, they knew and he knew that this would bring him to the cross where he could give his life as a ransom for any and for all. The cross is a picture, is a symbol of our liberty because it is here at the cross 2,000 years ago that Jesus Christ willingly gave his life. On Palm Sunday, which we celebrated last Sunday, they praised him. On Thursday, they took him in the Garden of Gethsemane. By Friday, by, by noon, they made the consensus and they went through all the midnight courts and they decided to have Jesus crucified. By 3 o'clock, Jesus was hanging on the cross in the extreme agonies of the crucifixion. His flesh was impaled to an old Roman cross. There, in his nakedness and in his blood, he bore the sins of all mankind. He bore your sins even yet ahead of time in that day on the cross. Jesus Christ himself became sin for us so that we might receive the adoption and the forgiveness of God and the redemption of Christ to the cross. He died by 6 o'clock Friday afternoon. He yelled from the cross, It is finished! I have paid the price of all of man's sin. The blood, the perfected blood of God now has 
washed away the sins of all mankind. It is now a gift extended to all men. And for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be forgiven, and declared righteous by God. The best news ever. You don't have to work your way to heaven. You don't need to work through the the realms of religion to go to heaven. you got to come to the cross of Jesus and realize he paid for your sins in full. All you got to do is call upon him, trust him, and believe. Like the praise team just sang, I believe. He paid the price in full. But the best news, the best news, just three days later, early on a Sunday morning, they buried him Friday night, early Sunday morning, an angel came. And there was lightning and an earthquake, and the Bible says that there was a lot of great things taking place inside this tomb over here. God came down inside this dark tomb early Sunday morning. God came in here, raised his son off this cold slab. Three days later, Jesus walked out victoriously. The angel rolled the stone and declared, He is not here, but he is risen. Now, how is that significant to you and I in the 21st century? Because Jesus arose, and if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, death is going to come knocking on your door if the Lord tarries. Death will come, but if you put your faith in Jesus, you will experience the same resurrection that Jesus experienced. The fact of the matter is some of us have loved ones that we recently buried some of us have a loved one's been buried for quite a while, and we miss them dearly. They left a hole in our hearts. But if they knew Jesus Christ, and we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the good news is, hallelujah, Easter is special because it is a day that God has promised to every one of his children a resurrection morning, and we shall be raised and be just like him in eternity. Hallelujah for Easter. Amen. Now, I could preach all morning about Easter, but I want you to witness the resurrection yourself. Thank you.